This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you could win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z-Code Podcast. Hey guys, in this episode, we have one of the most experienced and respected experts of Z-Code, you know about his admirable performances and his fun and legendary analysis of Major League Baseball, NHL, and NFL. And he is here today ready to share with us his predictions and opinions on all the hot topics. So thank you, Mark, for being on the show again. It's always a pleasure to get your point of view, your expertise, and your advice. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you bet. Well, Mark, because you are one of our uh, Major League Baseball experts, we're always looking to you for insights and predictions. So since we are in the middle of the MLB season here, in your opinion, which teams have been a surprise so far in baseball? Well, uh, we're already about a month in, and, and you can see that teams like the Washington Nationals got off to that slow start when they were all banged up and uh, have kind of relied on their pitching again and climbed back to the top of what I thought was a, a very weak division. Um, you saw the Mets go on an incredible streak to start the season, but they've kind of regressed back to the mean, and, and that division is back to kind of where we thought it would be. Um, same is kind of true of the Dodgers lately. They're a great team, but without Puig in the middle of that lineup, they, they started looking a little bit more like a, a liability. Um, and my Yankees looked uh, really good for a while there before uh, Jacoby Ellsbury went down, but they uh, – Still have first place locked up right now by, I think, a game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said that it started off kind of um, unpredictable but ended up landing about where we thought everybody would. Do you think there are going to be any teams that are going to be falling apart or anything like that uh, after their surprise starts? Well, I think you're starting to see it already. You know, Like I said, the, the Mets have fallen back. Um, the Yankees fell off completely. If they kept that pace, they'd be – you know, 10 games above 500. Um, the Houston Astros, I think, are where this gets really interesting because they are in first place in that division by a long, long way. Um, they got a young team, good rotation. They're starting to hit. Um, and the rest of that division is so mediocre that I think they could probably run away with it and, and stay where they are. I don't think you'll see them stay, you know, at this pace where they're, they're winning, you know, 67% of the games, but, uh, they've looked real good. Um, I think you're kind of seeing teams already really start to level out, you know, except where those big long-term injuries are, are pulling them back. I mean, the Yankees lost their leadoff hitter and center fielder and went on that huge losing streak. So I, I, I think you can kind of look to where you can discount it and where you can't. I think that's why we've been so successful to start the season. Sure, some great points. Uh, according to the results so far, uh, in your opinion, who will be the best move of the year? Uh, could be Nelson Cruz, Hanley Ramirez, any other names? Um, I mean, so far, Scherzer is off to a hell of a start. Um, you know, he's carrying that Washington Nationals rotation, and, and they've got guys like Gio who got off to a cold start. 
Um, and Strasburg has really been getting hit lately. So when they've got, they brought in that big ace to, to really give him a little more support. And, uh, it's hard to say he's the best move because his contract is so expensive. But, um, when you look at that five man rotation that the Nationals have, it would be really surprising if they can't sustain their success all year. Um, Hanley Ramirez is off to a great start too. Uh, he's definitely hitting and he's going to give them, uh, some depth in the lineup with the Red Sox struggling as much as they are. I don't think that you can uh, really compare the two. You know, an ace pitcher who's got an ERA well below two versus uh, a left fielder on a team that's really struggling at the bottom of the AL East. Uh, I think you'd have to give it to Scherzer right now. Okay. Top five candidates for Cy Young. Well, it's funny. For me here, I kind of look to uh, both the guys over there on the Dodgers uh, when all is said and done. I mean, Clayton Kershaw's off to a slow start. Um but uh, he and Zach Greinke give them such a one-two punch. Uh, I, when you talk best pitchers in the league, you have to kind of start there. Um, Felix Hernandez is always kind of in the mix. Um, I, I've always really liked him, and you see him now having a little bit of support around him. I think his numbers will continue to improve. Um, Matt Harvey I was looking at for a while, but he had that little bout with dead arm and had two bad starts in a row, so I'm not sure where he's going to end up. And you could probably see him on the DL or uh, – or just really because the Mets are such a mediocre team, I don't know that he'll get the numbers, the wins, and, and get that ERA back down like he needs to be in the conversation. Um, and, and, you know, Max Scherzer is off to such an incredible start, and he's such a big name, and he's doing such great things on a great team. Uh, I, I think he'd probably be my favorite right now. Okay. And your predictions for National League are quite accurate at the moment. Um, it also seems to have some strong contenders, Dodgers, Cardinals, Nationals. Do you think this is going to be – uh, your typical clash of the titans, or are there any possible dark horses? No, I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, we said all along that the National League is going to be very top-heavy, and you see teams like the Mets and the Padres uh, show glimmers of hope, but I don't think they have enough. Um, like I said, the Dodgers aren't even healthy right now, and they're pretty dominant. Um, and I think the Nationals finally getting that lineup healthy. They've exploded and, and taken back the top spot, and I don't think they'll give it up. Um the Cardinals pitching looks a little bit more suspect after losing Adam Wainwright. Um, I think that opens the door for maybe the Pirates or the Cubs. But uh, neither team has really put it together, and I'd be surprised if the East or West gets too competitive at all. So I, I don't think you'll see um, that dark horse candidate like you've got in the American League. I think you're you're going to be pretty accurate on that as well. And, and a lot of the new guys see your accuracy. They see your selections. Uh, they see the results. They want to follow your system, uh, as well as your money management strategy, ABC progressions. Would you mind, at this point in the interview, kind of taking a minute and explaining for the guys who might be new a little bit about the details of your system? Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've kind of settled on a, a very consistent approach. Uh, I haven't really tweaked too much in the past couple of years, and we've had great success uh, You know, never really having a losing season since I started writing with Z-Code, so we kind of... Came a long way from my bet every game, pick a winner for every game strategy. Um, and I've come up to uh, this very discretion-based um, system where we've we've really got to put a lot into our picks. We pass on most of the games we see. It's completely developed into some, a totally different animal. Um, you know, we kind of go through this every year, but we do do the, uh, the ABC progressions. Um, so far, we are 21-0 and 0 in the season. Uh, we start around a half-unit wager. Um, I, I think that tends to give a little bit of a balance as far as money management goes. But, uh, you know, 
if you select the money management system where your, your units are a little bigger, we're already up 12 units. And that's with about a half unit size where I'm comfortable and I, I don't mind uh, chasing all the way through. But we've had guys double that that I've met um, or even uh, I had a guy playing thousand dollar units with me. Um, so if you really get into that, because we're so consistent, everyone's had a, a sustained run with this new system. So uh, we start with the ABC progressions where you'll chase through the whole series uh, until you win a game. Um we're very selective about that. Again, we've had 21 total series that we've done this chase, and we've hit them all. Um, the AB doubler is where I really don't feel comfortable if it somehow gets to a C bet, so we know going in we're only going two. And then I still use some flat betting like I used to, um, where there's no chase. It's just one shot. I like the matchup. And, and even that, we've, uh, we're have we 15 and 10 on the season right now uh, and up a couple units there. So, we're actually in profit across all three types of betting right now. And again, with very small wager sizes that have typically landed around a half unit, we're well over 12 units dollars of units of profit. So for me, um, we're already at, uh, about $1,200, $1,250, uh, right now. But for some of the guys who are following me, that's 12 grand. Wow. Sounds like it's going to be a good year in baseball. <laughs> um, speaking of, let's talk, let's move out of that and kind of into football. Um, you have said that this year's draft class looks a little weak. Uh, even so, what do you think are the most relevant selections? Well, I think you have to look uh, at those two quarterbacks at the top of, of the draft board there and uh, the two running backs who have a chance to, to start and make an immediate impact. Um, you know, the Jaguars, unfortunately, had their first pick uh, out for the season already, and the Raiders took a wide receiver, and I don't really expect them to have an impact uh and that weaker offense out there. But um, if Todd Gurley can come back healthy, he can make an immediate impact for St. Louis. And uh, if not, Melvin Gordon uh, was a record-setting back in college, and he might inherit a starting role too. So I think uh, quarterbacks usually take some time to develop. I don't think you'll – I mean, they may prove to be the best talents in the draft, but I don't think you'll see them carry a team right now. But Gurley and Gordon, if they can get on the field, I think can do big things. About the deflate gate controversy, um, kind of what's your stand on that? It was pretty big news here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do you think that the four games for Brady and the fine that he got, you think those are fair, those just? Uh, did the punishment fit the crime, in your opinion? Um, honestly, I think it's pretty pathetic that uh, the Patriots and, and Tom Brady are popping up on another issue where they're trying to you know, bend the rules and and potentially cheated uh and with all this talk about the integrity of the game and defending the shield i i don't see a problem with the four games um i think that there are a few issues here uh first is that the wells report didn't really seem to prove anything conclusively and they set out saying that they probably wouldn't prove anything conclusively so uh i have a big problem with the commissioner just stepping in and wielding this uh unbridled power and uh throwing his weight around like this because I don't really know that they had any evidence. It's not like the guys who allegedly tampered with the balls came forward or that Brady came forward. They're kind of basing it off of guesswork, and uh, it, it's difficult to, to see what how they came to their conclusions. Um, and I'm interested to see how the appeal process came out. Um, you know, We're getting a little bit of a late jump on this podcast with baseball, so we actually uh, have some news today where uh, Goodell has exercised a very interesting clause in the CBA here and uh, we'll be overseeing the appeals process himself again, um, where other CBAs tend to, where other CBAs tend to allow a, 
an arbitrator come in who's unbiased and uninvolved, the NBA, the NFL does not. Um, so Goodell has the option to oversee the appeals process and he's exercised that. So um, the only way Brady can win his appeal is if he convinces the guy who laid the punishment down on him that something else happened that he's unaware of or try to litigate this. And with collective bargaining agreements, the courts have uh, been very hesitant to step in because two parties have come together and made this deal. And for whatever reason, the Players Association decided that they would let Roger Goodell have this power. And unless he really stretches that the facts and uh, oversteps his bounds as an arbitrator, um, you're not going to see the court overturn this. So while I think they might take a step back and maybe try to save face and find a balance, um, I'm not really sure how this whole thing is going to play out. And I don't think Tom Brady has the legal power that a lot of the public thinks he does. So it's uh, it's very interesting that Roger Goodell is going to hear this and look at it again. But I uh, I think whatever he gets is probably fair. I'm just happy that it's uh, it's come to light at least enough that it, it generally seems that they might have cheated and they have to deal with this negative publicity. And once again, the Patriots are in the news as a team that doesn't necessarily follow the rules. Yeah, interesting twist. Continuing with NFL, and we'll kind of be closing with this, but it's I know it's still kind of early, but you really seem to study your stuff and, and you're pretty accurate on your predictions. So what are your expectations for this next season? Um, who finishes strong AFC and NFC? Um, who seems ready to you to be in that spotlight? I think you got to start with the Cowboys probably because they came kind of out of nowhere to make a nice little playoff run there. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they cope with losing DeMarco Murray and uh, to a very competitive divisional rival. So I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that running game. They still have the best line in football. And uh, I'm excited to see how that plays out uh, in the East. Um I'm also looking for the 49ers to try to rebuild and what they're going to do with Carlos Hyde taking on a bigger role and this team going in a completely new direction after such sustained success. But uh, I really think when you look at it, it's kind of like uh, our conversation earlier about the National League. There are those powerhouses that you just you can't can't imagine taking that step back. You know, the Packers and the Seahawks seem to be the class of the NFC. And uh, in the AFC, you've got the Broncos and the Colts. I am kind of interested to see what will happen with Brady – uh, possibly sitting out up to four games and the Bills making a bunch of moves and, and really looking like they might position themselves to compete. Um, so looking at that that division there between the Bills and the Pats, I think will be fun to look at. But I, I think the Patriots will, will still come out on top. And I think you'll see the Broncos and the Colts just continuing to carry on. And uh, the Central looks like it'll probably belong to the Bengals again and, and that strong running game and defense. But I, I'm not sure they'll really do anything in the playoffs. So uh, or, or the North, I guess. So I guess when, when you look at it, when it's all over, I think you'll see the Colts, Broncos, and Patriots uh, battling it out up top. And, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks, I think, will probably run the NFC again. For the guys who are just getting familiar with you or maybe are just getting familiar with Z Code, do you have any final thoughts for them? Well, um, you know, my uh, my big thing I always seem to end on is money management here. I think uh, when you, you're around it long enough, you realize that the the only times that you can really blow your system up and sustain those impossible losses is when you're not uh, using a proper amount of discretion and you're you're really not following the system the way it was meant to with long-term goals. So I think that, uh, you know, it's important to say again that, that for people looking for that get-rich-quick scheme and, and sports investing as kind of that aggressive way to get your money, I, I don't think there's uh, any benefit to going all-in every time you wager. So I think uh, if you can 
like we have consistently beat the books for so many years. It's really about picking your spots and having those long-term goals. And uh, when you're pressing and when you're desperate, you're going to lose. Um, when you stray from the system, you're going to lose. So it's all about that long-term approach and, and choosing games with a very discerning eye. And uh, as always, uh, I think discretion is the key if you want to be successful long-term. Follow the system. Stay on course. You bet. Thanks, Mark. It's great having you again. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to go to iTunes and post your comment and topic suggestion for the next episode. We love to hear from you. See you on the next show. Have a fantastic day.